At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Warmer from the Bowl. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the baseball betting show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts. And this is a podcast that is brought to you today by DraftKings and Vote Yes on Prop 27. Half the country already allows online sports betting for adults 21 years or older. And time to get California in on the mix. You've got so many states out there like New York, like Oregon. You're able to throw in there Massachusetts. list goes on and on. All these big cities where people can bet online. Californians, they are not one of them. Prop 27 helps out California to get catch to get caught up, so vote yes on Prop 27, and vote yes on a great podcast today, as joining me in segment number two, we actually go north of the border, Andrew Cayley, he does great work over at Covers, he not only does baseball, but also does some great work on the college football front, for those that are fans of college foosball, he's going to be joining me in segment number two, we're going to be taking a look at the Blue Jays outlook in general for the remainder of the regular season heading into the postseason and going to take a look at a few games for this Wednesday and in the final segment going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast and you've got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, name me does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way, that is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did not get in any Twitter questions today, but we had some great baseball on Tuesday. And 
have to brush up on a pair of games from Monday as well since now we've got the Greg Peterson experience going on midnight to 3 Eastern time. I do have to do these recaps a bit earlier so if it's a case where you don't like the fact that the recap is a little bit earlier and you want to hear something else here in segment number one once again let me know question comment segment idea at gunit underscore 81 on twitter i am receptive to all not mean suggestions so do not say that you are a pile of poop or anything but if you've got any suggestions any shall we say constructive ways to make it a little bit better because i do feel a little bit guilty about not hitting upon some of these west coast games let me know there but let's that said let's take a look back at what we wound up getting very late on monday and here on tuesday as we take a look at things on the Rowdy Recap. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap. Both teams that played on Sunday Night Baseball got the win on Monday as the San Francisco Giants come back from down two runs in the ninth inning to take down the Colorado Rockies by a count of 10-7. to Not sure how game two turned out, but yeah, Jacob Junis give up six runs, five of which were earned, and then the San Francisco Giants bullpen that has been deplorable all season long picked it up from there. Alex Young, one earned run in one and two-thirds innings, which means that in total the bullpen went five and two-thirds innings without allowing an earned run as Junior Marte, Camilio Duvall, Scott Alexander, Cole Waits were all able to deliver a school of setting up for the San Francisco Giants. You had Thario Estrada in the 10th inning go deep to be able to win this game. 14th home run season, Mike Yastrzemski earlier in the game. Home run number 13 of the campaign off of Chad Kuhl, who is not Mr. Kuhl, giving up five runs in four and two-thirds settings. You did have four outside the bullpen from Chad Smith, and then Jake Bird, two scoreless innings before Justin Lawrence gives up two runs in his inning of work, and Gavin Hallwell allows that home run in the 10th inning that torpedoes the Colorado Rockies and then the LA Dodgers as big favorites. They take down the Arizona Diamondbacks by a count of 5-2, to two. and Merrill Kelly, he's had an ERA north of 8 in his five starts against the Dodgers this year. The Dodgers will do that to you. Five runs surrendered in six innings, including a pair of bombs. As Joey Gallo, 18th home run season. Chris Taylor, his 10th. And then two scoreless innings for Luis Frias, as Clayton Kershaw looked tremendous in this game, by the way. Ten punch outs, one run allowed in six innings. Did have Craig Kimbrell do what he does. He allowed a run in an inning, but... Lead was so big it didn't matter. Evan Phillips, Tommy Canley, they come in to brush up in ending scoreless. We don't know how game two of the doubleheader turned out as I'm recording this, but game one, the LA Dodgers get five runs in the eighth inning to take down the Arizona Diamondbacks by a count of six of five. Anyone, I raise my hand, who had the Arizona Diamondbacks in game one, this was one of the biggest choke jobs that you're ever going to find as Zach Davies only goes three innings in this one. I think that it was an injury issue with him. He allows one run, but then Taylor Widener, two scoreless settings, but then Kevin Ginkle gives up three runs, one of which was earned. Josh Rojas had a pair of errors that killed him. He had Caleb Smith also give up two runs in two innings, allowing a home run as going deep for the LA Dodgers. Austin Barnes, his eighth home run season, one of the most unlikely of heroes, and Joe Mantiply was able to deliver a scoreless inning, but for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they got a pair of bombs themselves. Dalton Varsho goes deep off of Michael Grove for his 26th home run season, and Grove grooved one in to Christian Walker for home run number 35 as Grove gives up five runs, three of which were earned pair of errors in the field. Hurt him, but Ryan Pepiot delivers three scoreless innings, and then Chris Martin was able to give a scoreless inning, so the Dodgers 
They get their 103rd win of the season. That was just their 13th win, by the way. That was by just one run. So they have been absolute machines on the run line. Speaking of an absolute machine, that would be the Toronto Blue Jays offense as I'm doing this. They're in the bottom of the eighth inning and have already put up 14 runs on the Philadelphia Phillies as Kyle Gibson just should not be allowed to start games at this point. Seven runs give it up in five innings, including a ding-dong as Matt Chapman gets home run number 27 of the season for the Toronto Blue Jays. Every one of their starters got at least one in in this game, and I believe all but three. As I do this right now, I have at least two hits. That's not terrific. Ross Rippling, he's not terrific either. He gave up five runs and four innings. We'll talk about him a little bit more with a good friend, Andrew Cayley, over there at Covers. As he allowed a home run to Dalton Guthrie, his first home run of the season from there. Blue Jays have been able to hold down the fort with the bullpens. That pop two scoreless innings. Tim Meza, it's scoreless saying Julia Merriweather, as I do this, is out in the game. He seems to be in a little bit of trouble, but has a nine-run lead, which helps as Sam Coonrod allowed four runs in an inning. Connor Brogdon allowed two runs in an inning. And Zach Eflin, well, he wasn't Eflin great. He wasn't Eflin awful. He gives up an under-run as Bryson Stott has had a pair of errors in this game as well. An error would be banking on the Miami Marlins to generate offense as they lose to the Chicago Cubs by a count of 2-1 for the Cubbies. A great start out of Adrian Sampson, who's been terrific on the road. Gives up one run in six innings, though he did give up eight hits along the way, so he had to evade a little bit of danger. But Edbear Azale was able to deliver two scoreless settings to Brandon Hughes. He gets a scoreless setting for the save as David Bodie drives in. Both runs for the Cubs in this one. He goes deep off of Pablo Lopez for home run number three of the season. As Lopez, a really good start. It's been a rough second half of the season for him. He's had north of a five ERA. Both all-star break, but gives up one run in six and a third innings. Steve Rokert, he allows a run in an inning. And Oscar Brazoban, and out of the bullpen, Dylan Floro, a scoreless setting, but the Miami Marlins... They go 1 of 8 with Ben in scoring position, and they've now scored 3 runs or fewer in 33 out of their last 39 games. That is just the way that it is going for them at this point. The Boston Red Sox, they have things going their way. They take down the Cincinnati Reds. As for the Boston Red Sox, it was a trio of homers that pushed them to victory as Nick Lodolo, the starter, gives up a pair of home runs. J.D. Martinez, who has had a rough second half of the season, himself 12th home run season. Rob Snyder, he gets home run number 5 of the season for Lodolo, gives up 3 runs of 5 innings, gluing those 2 home runs. Hunter Strickland later on in the game gives one up to Rafael Devers. Devers 27th home run season as Strickland gives up 2 runs in 2 thirds of an inning. Revier San Martin 2 thirds of an inning. Scoreless Dario Mareta, Ian Gabo. They combine for 2 and a third inning scoreless, but for the Reds, all of eight with men in scoring position. TJ Friedel gets a home run off of Brian Bayo. Some home run season for, for Mr. Bayo. Evades a lot of danger. He gives up eight hits in five innings, but just gives up that home run. Ryan Brazier, Zach Kelly, Matt Barnes from there. All deliver a scoreless inning, and it's going into the bottom of the ninth as I do this by count of five to one. So, got to figure that the Red Sox pull it out, but they might allow a run along the way. For the Tampa Bay Rays, they were my DK Nation pick. They were facing off against a Houston Astros team that you figured they had done a little bit of drinking the night before after clinching the division, but they came out very strong. Winning by a count of five to zero is Christian Avier. Five scoreless things. He did have a few walks along the way, but was able to do a very sturdy job. Meanwhile, Shea McClanahan, the starter on the flip side for the Tampa Bay Rays, 
he had to leave early as he was experiencing some ailments and you could tell that he did not look right as he gave up a home run to Jeremy Pena earlier in the game, 19th of the campaign for Pena as four of the, actually all five of the runs that were scored by the Astros charged to Shane McClanahan. From there, the bullpen did their part. JT Chargua, Javi Guerra, Colin Pooch all deliver a squirrel of setting and Charlie Armstrong, two squirrel of setting said he had to Enter mid at bat, so credit where credit is due for him, but for the race, he's ran eight men on base, save, but shot up the last two nights while stranding 18 men on base over the course of the last two nights as Phil Meaton, Ryan Sanek, Will Smith, all get jiggy with the first scoreless inning, and then Brian Abreu and Ryan Presley. They take team together, getting a scoreless ninth inning to be able to get this one to the window. By the way, as I do this podcast, it's now 14 to 10, Blue Jays and Phillies, so that is turning out to be a big giant calamity, and this is a calamity as the Orioles. Looks like their postseason hopes are done because they have now lost back-to-back games to the Detroit Tigers. 3-2, Detroit able to get it done as for the Tigres. Pair of home runs in this one. Kerry Carpenter, fifth home run season. And Akil Badu gets home run number two as Austin both gives up one of them. Gives up two runs in five innings. Joey Cribio gives up the other, giving up a run in two innings as Brian Baker, Cienel Perez, they both deliver a scoreless inning. And the lone form of offense for Baltimore turned out to be Gunnar Henderson. He gets a third home run in the campaign off of Joey Menez as the Tigers get a very good start for Joey Wentz. He went in and he got five and two-thirds inning scoreless. Alex Lang and out of the bullpen, Joey Menez gives up that home run, two outs, and gave up those two runs. But Andrew Chafin, one and a third inning scoreless, and then Gregory Soto, a scoreless inning to polish it off. Looks like the Yankees are going to go down as the Pittsburgh Pirates wind up taking Clay Holmes deep. Rodolfo Castro goes yard in the eighth inning. It is currently eight to four as I record this. You can't. Call anything final with the Pittsburgh Pirates, but Luis Ortiz actually a really good start for them, giving up two runs, one of which was earned in five innings. He's got a future. Dwayne Underwood Jr. gives up two runs in an inning, and for Castro, his 11th home run season that comes off of Clay Holmes and Lou Trevino earlier. He gave up home run to Brian Reynolds' 24th home run season as for the Yankees. They got a good start out of Nestor Cortez. Could have used a little bit more length, but gives up one run in five innings, and the entire bullpen has been terrible, as I do this right now with having the New York Yankees brought in four relief arms, and all four gave up at least one run. Jonathan Lysga, three runs, two of which were earned in one and a third innings. Clay Holmes allows that bomb, as you have Lou Trevino give up a run in an inning. Ron Mananakio gives up two runs in his inning of work as well, so and it's not going well there. It is also not going well for the Texas Rangers, as I do this right now. They are trailing the LA Angels as for the Angels, Matt Duffy takes Cole Reagan's deep earlier in this game. Second home run season for Patrick Sandoval. He delivers five innings. He gives up two runs along the way. And for Reagan's, uh, he's thrown around like a rag doll as he gave up two runs in four and two-thirds innings. Honestly, lucky it wasn't worse as he gave up seven hits along the way. Dennis Santana gives up three runs in a third of an inning. That's all that Dennis Santana is good for at this point. So looking relatively rocky there. Don't necessarily have a ton for you in terms of Seattle and Oakland. That game is in the second inning, and the San Diego Padres, they were able to get on to Adam Wainwright very early as Jake Cronenworth was able to drive in a pair against Adam Wainwright in the first inning, so we shall see how that turns out, and it looks like the Brewers are going to be turning out a big, giant loser as the uh, bullpen of the Milwaukee Brewers it is pretty much doomed at this point as the Mets, as I record this in the seventh inning, have seven runs on four hits. 
Seven to four with the New York Mets as Carlos Carrasco. Not a good start for them. He gives up three runs over the course of four innings. Trevor Williams comes in from there, giving up a run in one and a third innings. And Yuli Rodriguez, pair of outs out of the bullpen. But Francisco Lindor, grand slam off of Taylor Rogers, 25th home run season. Pete Alonso earlier in the game just hit a missile off of Brad Boxberger, 37th home run season. As the Brewers sent Aaron Ashby to the mound for a start, he could only give them two innings. Peter Strzelski, Holby Milner, one and two-thirds innings, scoreless apiece. And the duo, Brad Boxberger and Taylor Rogers. Give up those two home runs, seven runs in total, and one and a third innings. Just absolute sadness for the Milwaukee Brewers right now. Who They're getting their opportunities with the Phillies because, I'll update you again, the Blue Jays have 18 runs now in that game, so that's not too terrific. And, hey, if you were hoping for a 20-game loser, this is not terrific either. It's Patrick Corbin, the turkey tosser himself. Leaves the game very early against the Atlanta Braves. And as I do this, going into the bottom of the eighth inning, the Washington Nationals bullpen has really been able to piecemeal this together. It's 2-1 to one as Corbin leaves after getting just two outs in the first inning. Or Asimo Ramirez, he gives up two runs in three innings as Jordan Weems goes two in the third inning. Scoreless Hunter Harvey is scoreless inning. Really the reason why the Atlanta Braves lead this game. Travis Darnot gets his 18th home run season as Charlie Morton. Very good start. Five and a third innings. Gives up one run. Colin McHugh, one and two-thirds innings scoreless. A.J. Minter, a scoreless setting of his own. As I do this, Guardians and White Sox are involved in a 1-0 game. And right now, the Colorado Rockies are getting held scoreless by the San Francisco Giants bullpen game, which... That's not too great for the Colorado Rockies, but if you're just taking a look at the game of baseball in general, it has been a very topsy-turvy year to say the least, as right around 51.8% of games this season have gone under the total. As a matter of fact, take a look at things through the middle of Tuesday night, 1,077 unders to 1,004 overs, so 51.8% of games going under the total favorites have won 60.6% of the time, but something that I've been highlighting this year Home favorites out covering the run line. Out of the 829 home favorites that have won outright, that is 60.8% of home favorites winning outright. We have now seen a grand total of 254 fail to cover the run line. And if you spotlight this to the last 60 days, so pretty much since the All-Star break, unders have been hitting at a clip of 52%, 395 unders to 364 overs. And in this time span, home favorites have been dominant. 301 and 172, that is 63.6%, but 85 instances where the home favorite has not covered the run line. So that's what we're seeing in baseball right now. And that's what we got on Tuesday. Now coming up next, we go north of the border to talk with our good friend Andrew Cayley about the Toronto Blue Jays. Wednesday's games, and so much more here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here from Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is always great to have this guest on the show as Andrew Cayley, does absolutely tremendous work over at Covers. He is a man that you're able to find north of the border, a man that does a great job taking a look at all things Toronto sports in terms of the Blue Jays, Raptors, list goes on and on. And for those of you guys that are big fans of college football as well, I know that Andrew over at Covers does a great job on that front as well as to be able to follow Andrew on Twitter. That's at Covers underscore Kaylee, by the same as spelled C-A-L-E-Y. Andrew, it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Greg. There's nothing better than September baseball that's meaningful, and there's nothing that makes that even better than betting on September baseball that is meaningful, and we've got a lot of that coming ahead of us here. Oh, we absolutely do, and it feels like we're starting to get the playoff picture fortified. The Philadelphia Phillies are starting to be in a little bit of danger of falling out of the playoff if the Milwaukee Brewers are able to put together a few wins, but past that, I feel like we know who the playoff teams are going to be. And ironically enough, Phillies and Blue Jays are going to be taking on one another. We'll dive into that in a minute. But first things first, want to get your thoughts on the Blue Jays and how they've been able to just play in general recently. Because I do think that the division just is a little bit too far out of reach. But I do like what I've seen out of the Blue Jays recently. And the guy that went on Tuesday, we don't know how his start went in general. Ross Ripley, I think is going to be a big key for this team both in regards to the end of the regular season and perhaps in the postseason as well. Yeah, Stripling has been outstanding for the Jays. He's still Ross Stripling, though, and and it just makes me a little nervous that he's your third best starter heading down the stretch in September, and if you have to use him as your third starter in a postseason race. Obviously, we're hoping a little more out of Jose Barrios this season, and I think he will improve next season. I don't think he can be as bad as he was this season. And you're hoping you get the best of him in the postseason. It's tough to see a team out there like the Seattle Mariners. They went out and got Luis Castillo to shore up that rotation. And now they have arguably the best one, two, three in the American League heading into the postseason with him and Logan Gilbert and Robbie Ray, of course, former Blue Jay, Mr. Tight Pants himself. But it'll be interesting to see how the Jays line up the starters going into the postseason. I expect Stripling will be the number three starter when it is all is said and done, and which means Barrios would be in a number four spot and possibly not pitching in an American League wildcard round, which is really shocking when you consider how much they've 
invested in him over, I believe, the next seven years. But yeah, that's where we're at this point. Stripling is out battling. More on the Jays, though. Their their bullpen has been much more reliable rate, uh, lately. I wouldn't one of the top bullpens in the American League. The Astros have a great one. The Yankees are still good in that regard. And of course, the Rays are. It's it's going to be a very well-pitched postseason, I, I, I believe, in the American League. For those Jays fans out there who want to hear if they have any hope, I, I to go deep into this postseason, I think it all depends on whether this lineup can click all at once. It seems that it's either Bo is on fire and everybody else is kind of not pulling up, pulling their weight, or Vladdy's on fire, and then a couple of the bottom of the lineup guys are going, and Springer's not going, and it's it's been weird. But if they can get everybody to click all at the same time, and Vladdy needs to, I think it's mostly mental with him with all of these ground balls right now. I think he's pressing a little bit. Obviously, he hits the ball hard. He's just hitting it hard into the ground a lot of the time right now. But if he can relax a little bit and and do what he does best and let the power come naturally and take the ball to the opposite field, the Blue Jays can be as dangerous as anybody in the playoffs. And I believe that the Blue Jays have five different guys that have hit at least 20 home runs this season as well. So even with some guys having, and I air quotes here, down years because their down <laughs> years are better than most so there's that they have enough firepower and like you said the bullpen in my opinion has been much better it's just all about the starting pitching and that leads us to the game that we're going to be getting on Wednesday as joining me on the podcast we do have Andrew Cayley of covers and one of the most trustworthy guys for the Blue Jays is Kevin Gosman who shockingly has been so much better on the road than at, at home <laughs> If you can figure this out, please let me know because he's got an ERA that's nearly two points better when he's away from Toronto, but he's going to be going up against Zach Wheeler, which I just find this to be an intriguing matchup because with Wheeler, he hasn't pitched on a big league mound in about three to four weeks. This is going to be his first time back. Meanwhile, for Kevin Gosman, it's been a case where he hasn't given up a lot of home runs. He hasn't given up a lot of walks, but it feels like he's almost so nervous to give up a walk that he just throws the ball over the plate and it just sometimes gets smacked really hard. Right now, we're finding a total on this game of eight as well. Not sure where you're saying in terms of this game and just in Kevin Gosman in general, but has been a very fascinating year for him because typically you don't find a pitcher of his, I guess you could call it caliber, having a fielding independent that's nearly a full point lower than his ERA, but it does make sense, the ERA, when you watch him pitch, in my opinion. Yeah, you're 100% right on that. And this was one of the concerns that a lot of people had when the Blue Jays signed him because he is also just a basically a two-pitch pitcher. And if he isn't locating that, locating that fastball as well as he needs to, it can be hit hard, like you said. And he doesn't like walking guys, so he tries a little hard to put it over the center. And I think maybe he's been pressing a little bit over the last couple of weeks, my I, th- this is my favorite and kind of crazy stat that I've heard about Kevin Gossman recently. He allowed just seven home runs in his first 24 starts of the season, but he's allowed another seven in his last four games of the season. That's quite a drastic shift there. The Phillies, they rank sixth in home runs per game. But that said, I'd probably still side with the value. I'm looking at the Blue Jays and I see them at close to even money, like minus 105 range. For this matchup, I think that's undervaluing them a little bit, considering, like you said, Wheeler is coming off, uh, making his first start in a while. Probably have to knock off some rust, knocking it off against what is a very dangerous Blue Jays lineup is not always a good thing. This is also when he was pitching well, the Jays got to him for six runs on seven hits back in July. So it's not like this is a guy they haven't seen before and have done damage against. 
I'm even seeing some seven and a halfs pop up. And I think we're seeing that because this is a name matchup like Gosman versus Wheeler. If you can find a seven and a half, I'd probably take the the over there. I agree with you. And with the Toronto Blue Jays as well, finding them as a slight underdog, this just feels wrong with the way that Gosman has pitched on the road. Honestly, I upgrade Gosman just a very slight hair when he's on the road rather than at home because he's been not very trustworthy when he's been in Toronto on the road. He's been nails as well. So I do think that that's interesting to dive into as well as joining me on the podcast. We do have Andrew Cayley of covers and no question the Blue Jays, they should be making the playoffs. If they don't, some calamity has happened. But in terms of these playoff races, what I'm just really intrigued by in general is what happens in the National League East at this point, because you still have both of the teams out there in the Braves and the Mets separated by going into Tuesday, one game. By the time this podcast drops, it might be a little bit more. It might wind up being a case in which it's still right around one. But I think that this is really the one race to watch out for, because even though the White Sox have come on, I don't know if they're going to be able to track down the Guardians unless if they have a big sweep when these two teams go head-to-head within the next few days. But I just think that what happens in the Annalise is so big because with the New York Mets, it's just all about health with them and having Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer on the mound. And I think the fewer innings that those guys are able to throw just here in the next few weeks and the more rested they could be for October, the better for the team. 100%. I think I think the division is way more important for the Mets than it is the Braves. Like The Braves won't care if they're in the wildcard round. They'll have the confidence that they can beat anyone. They're the defending World Series champions. And they're a well-built team. The Mets, like you said, health is a factor and they've been streaky at times this season. And if they can get DeGrom and Scherzer lined up, they will. They will just heading straight into the divisional round as opposed to having to play that wildcard round, I think that would do a lot for the Mets mentally. Like, it's the Mets, so there's always this kind of fear of dread around the team by their fan base. So, like I said, I think it would mean a lot to the Mets to hold off the Braves here to win that division. Totally agree. As you're me on the podcast, we do have Andrew Cayley of Covers and for the Mets. Critical game coming up on Wednesday against the Milwaukee Brewers because I feel like these are the games that the Mets need to win. Taiwan Walker goes for the Mets. Adrian Ozer, who has been terrible for the Milwaukee Brewers, goes for Milwaukee. And a Milwaukee team, I just pointed it out. If the Phillies lose to the Toronto Blue Jays over the next few games and the Blue Jays were really able to get to the Phillies on Tuesday, it provides an opening for the Brewers. But when you trot out there, Adrian Ozer as your starter, does not give you the best opportunity to win. Mets are between a minus 120 to a minus 125 favorite with a total of eight and a half. And I'm not sure where you stand on this game, but if you're looking at anything, the one thing that I'd be looking at is not backing Adrian Hauser because this guy has been terrible. <laughs> terrible. I agree. He's got some like good starts thrown in there. If you just quickly looked at the box score, you'd be like, oh, it's, he'll, he'll, he's good every now and then. But if you actually break it down, it's like anytime he faces a good team, he gets rocked. And all those good starts are against the Reds or the Pirates or the Rockies or someone like that. And anytime he faces anyone of any quality, he's really getting roughed up. And I would... I would call the Mets a team of quality right now. So I think that's not good in his corner. They also got to him for four runs on eight hits and just four and two thirds back on June the 14th. I think Taiwan Walker is being undervalued a little bit right now as well. He's pitching much better of late. He's got a 3.64 ERA over his last five starts. I don't know where you have this line at, Greg, but I think the Mets are being undervalued here. I'll happily take them in the minus 120, minus 125 range. 
Yeah, I set this more around the minus 145 to minus 150 range myself. I am right there with you. I'm also taking a look at the over because even though the Brewers won Adrian Hauser's last start, they had to overcome a five-run deficit against the New York Yankees to do so. That was all thanks to the offense. That was no thanks whatsoever to Adrian. Don't call him Doogie Hauser. And, well, <laughs> I think that Doogie Hauser might be better for the Brewers as right now they're throwing out their Doogie Hauser and also Jason Alexander. No, not George Costanza. From Seinfeld, that is not a good combination if you want to be making the postseason. And I am a Wisconsin native, so I would know just all too well about this. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Andrew Cayley. And Andrew, we've got a relatively good slate of games for Wednesday. Obviously, that Rays versus Houston Astros game has some playoff implications. Cardinals versus Padres, that comes to mind as well. We shall see what happens with the Braves versus the Nationals game as we're doing this. That game is off before, so that's a little bit unfortunate. But is there anything else that you're taking a look at in terms of Wednesday board, whether it be just a team in general that you want to see a little bit more from or a side slice shuttle that you're looking to back? I'm really looking at, in, at this Cleveland-Chicago White Sox game. Really, really good pitching matchup in this one. Tristan McKenzie and Lance Lynn. I think seeing the way McKenzie has broken out has been really, really awesome. Plus, he's super reliable for them now. He regularly goes six-plus innings, and he had this amazing start, maybe the start of his career against the White Sox back on August 19th or so, where he struck out 14 batters. This game's also super important for the White Sox, as we talked about briefly there. Their they're one chance catching up in that division there. They have got some important games coming up, uh, and they need Lance Lynn to be at his best. After his slow start with the injury, he's finally starting to look like the guy that was one of the better pitchers in the American League last season. I believe he's gone now seven straight starts, allowing two earned runs or fewer. It could be a really, really good pitchers duel in that game there, and a bit of a playoff atmosphere as well. So I'd be looking at the under first five in that matchup. I do think that that is going to be a good environment. Something that I always side with, getting great guests on this podcast. And Andrew, you always fit the bill. You do a great job taking a look at a wide variety of things over at Covers. I know that you do quite a bit in terms of their, their coverage on golf as well. I know that you've been doing a nice job taking a look at college football, but time and time again, you always deliver on this baseball podcast as well. So love the good people at home. Know they're able to follow you on social media and just what you've all got on tap in general. You can follow me on Twitter at covers underscore Kaylee. That's C-A-L-E-Y. And like you said, neck deep in college football right now. I've got my triple option, my favorite plays of the week, but I'm making tons of plays on college football this season. Follow me on Twitter for all of them. Lots of MLB prop bets as well as the season winds down. There's many more angles with teams kind of giving up and giving young guys more time, but there's also the tight races that also provide angles as well. It's just a great time to be betting. Oh, it certainly is. We've got darn near everything in our lives right now, aside from college basketball, but we're hard at work in terms of prep there. That'll be getting started in early November, so we're going to have in early November just everything in the sports calendar all coming to the forefront, and Andrew, he does a great job of covering so much of it, and every time he joins this podcast, always lends tremendous insights. A big thanks to Andrew Cayley of Covers for joining me here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast, and coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we touch them all. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. 
So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play breaking down every game every day in major league baseball this is the baseball betting show here is your host greg peterson everybody here love you las vegas for the baseball betting show with myself greg peterson now part of the beats family of podcast it is always a pleasure to get andrew kaylee aboard he does great work over at covers he has joined me quite a bit on the podcast both this season and past years does a nice job looking at college football over there at covers Day in, day out, does a great job of looking at the betting board as well and has a great affinity for the Toronto Blue Jays. So, always a pleasure to get him aboard. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUNIT underscore 81. We're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation or this is where we go the National League games first, then the American League games, and the Interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So, without further ado, let's dive into a game that's currently off the board in 951-952 on the betting board. It is the Atlanta Braves. They're going to be playing us to the Washington Nationals. Bryce Elder is going to be going for the Braves, and to be determined is on the bump for the Nationals, which is why this game is off the board. Was seeing Josiah Gray a little bit earlier, but this is a big, giant question mark. If it would be Josiah Gray, I'd be saying the Nats is right around a plus 195 underdog. I would need a plus 110 to take them on the run line. And the total, probably not going to change too much as opposed to Gray versus a bullpen game to where 9.5 or less, I'd be looking at the over 10 or higher to the under with Bryce Elder. He's gotten six starts at the big league level this year. I know that he made a long appearance 
as well a little bit earlier during the year. And his last two starts, they've went well, giving him one run in 13 innings. Take that with a grain of salt. Those two starts came against the Miami Marlins. In games not pitched against the Miami Marlins, he has won about 23 and a third innings, giving up 14 runs. That's good for about a 5 ERA. Someone that at the minor league level wasn't great, wasn't terrible. The big thing for him is command. He's been giving up about 5 walks per 9 innings. He's got some swing and miss stuff in him. We have seen that at the big league level, right around eight punch-outs for nine innings. And if you do get Josiah Gray, the reason why the total is so high and might not go up too much if we've got a bullpen game is because he leads the big leagues in a home run surrendered, which is far from terrific as it's allowed thus far this season. 37 home runs in 136 and two-thirds innings. And he is backed up by a bullpen that has quite a few arms that are a little bit older but are looking to prove something. Stay aboard in the MLB like Carl Edwards Jr., Harner Harvey, Kyle Finnegan. These are guys that have been able to supply a sub-380 ERA. They've been relatively decent. Arisa Ramirez has been nice as a long guy. And if you do get Josiah Gray, he's been significantly better on the road than at home for Josiah Gray. His home ERA is a 657 compared to a 396 ERA, though he's given up bombs in both locations. But for the Washington Nationals, 5-plus runs scored in 12 out of the last 18 games entering into Tuesday night. Lane Thomas has been very solid for the team, supplying 16 home runs. He, Cesar Hernandez, since he's been with the team, Luke Voigt, all in between about a 245 to 255. CJ Abram has picked it up since coming aboard as well. Voigt overall for the season 21 home runs. Joey Manessis, longtime journeyman. He's getting a home run every about 17 or so at bat, sitting at 325, but just doesn't compare to the Atlanta Braves. You've got a Braves bunch as Ronald Acuna Jr., Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, William Contreras, all in between 272 to 280 with Riley supplying 37 home runs. Matt Olson, in terms of an on base percentage, hasn't been as great great this season, but he's got 28 home runs. Michael Harris II has been hitting above a threner. He's been getting a home run every about 20 or so at-bats. He's been tremendous. Von Grisham moves the line in for the Atlanta Braves. They do back up Elder with a very solid bullpen as Tyler Mazik and A.J. Minter all season long have done a solid job, and then you would be able to have Dylan Lee come in, provide a sub-3 ERA. Kenley Chance is someone that you want absolutely no part of, and Jackson Stevens has been a little bit more tough as a long guy, but Rossi Iglesias since he's gotten to Atlanta, he's posting up a sub-1 ERA. So if we do get Josiah Gray against Bryce Elder, I'd be making the Braves right around a minus-195 favorite. We'd be willing to lay a minus-110 on the run line. And 9.5 for less to the over, 10 or higher to the under on the total. If it is a bullpen game, I would probably make the Nets a little bit more than a $2 underdog, but we'll be keeping a relatively similar total. 9.53, 9.54 on the betting board. The New York Mets at the road faceoff against the Milwaukee Brewers. Adrian, a.k.a. Doogie here, is going to be going for the Brewers and Taiwan Walkers on the bump for the Mets. Mets are between minus 120 and minus 125 favorites. Between plus 105 and plus 110, the number on Milwaukee. 8.5 is the total. Overs between minus 115 and minus 125. The unders between minus 105 and plus 105. Did make my total 8.8. I'm going to be checking out an over. You've got Taiwan Walker has just not been doing a great job of getting swings and misses. And quite frankly, has been a little bit lucky to keep as many balls in the yard as he has. As overall for the season, Taiwan Walker has given up 13 home runs at 140. 42 innings. Last season, we saw him give up nearly 1.6 home runs per nine innings while getting significantly more strikeouts. Now, good news for him. He has been giving up only about two and a half walks per nine innings. Command has been solid, but he's actually been better on the road than he has been at home in terms of ERA 336. Road ERA compared to a 350 
ERA at home, despite the fact that he's giving up pretty much more home runs per nine innings when he's on the road rather than at home. So that has been intriguing. And for Adrian Owser, he just has not been very good in terms of just starts and starts himself. In his last nine, he's given up three plus runs in eight of them. He's got a 373 home ERA compared to a 614 road ERA, but he did it back to June. He's pretty much given up three plus runs in all but one of his home starts, and that was against the Cincinnati Reds. And now he has to face off against a Metropolitan team that they just do a very solid job of moving the line. Mark Hanna, Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, on between about a 264 to a 270. Luis Galorme has done a nice job of getting on base. Jack McNeil is hitting above a 300, even without Starling Marte in the fold. This has been a solid lineup with Alonso spying 36 home runs, Lindor 95 plus RBI, and for the Brewers, credit where credit is due. They rank at the top five in the big leagues in terms of home runs on a per at-bat and a per-game basis. William Adamas, Roddy Tellez, both had 30-plus home runs, and then Hunter Renfro has been able to supply 25 of his own, but in terms of batting average, this team doesn't do a great job of moving the line. Christian Yelich has been your main leadoff hitter, hitting about a 265. Mike Brasso is able to hit about a 250, along with Colt Wong and Hunter Renfro as well, but that's a little bit rough for this Brewers team. And then when it comes to the Brewers, the bullpen just has been far from supreme, even though Devin Williams is posting up a sub-2 ERA. I like Brad Boxberger. He has supplied a sub-3 ERA. And now they've got Jake Cousins back in full, which is something that I do like, but he's coming in perhaps a little bit too little, too late. Peter Strzelski, credit where credit is due. He's been posting up about a 3 ERA post-all-star break, a 3.38, so he's been okay. But when you've got guys like Trevor Kelly and company out there, that's not great. And for the New York Mets, you've had a pair of guys in Adam Adovino and Tommy Hunter provide a sub-275 ERA. I've liked what I've seen post-all-star break out of South Lugo. Before the All-Star break, it was not going too terrifically for him, but he's really been able to shape up ever since then. Edwin Diaz, he's got a sub-1 ERA since the All-Star break as well, so I do think that the Mets going to be able to do a good job on the back end. I do think that Walker going to give up a deep ball or two. There's just no trusting in Adrian Hauser, though, even though he's been able to keep the ball in the yard. This guy is just giving up hit after hit after hit, so I do think that the Mets going to be able to go death by a million cuts, set them as a minus 147 favorite, so looking at the Metropolitans, some total in an 8.8 so looking over as well, 955-956 on the betting board. It is the Chicago Cubs. They're on the road facing off against the Miami Marlins. Asus Lazardo is going to be going for the fish, and Marcus Roman is on the bump for the Cubs. And the Cubs are a very slight underdog on the DraftKings opener. Minus 125 for the Miami Marlins, plus 105 on the Cubs. 6.5 is the total. Over is minus 120, and the under is even. Don't have a lot of early numbers on this game because it was looking like Drew Smiley was going to be going for the Cubs. There was a last-second switch of Rooney, and right now only DraftKings has a number up as a result. But I'd be taking a look at the Cubs in this circumstance as I set them as a very slight favorite. I've liked what I've seen out of Ace Cesardo. This is no knock on him. This is a knock on the fact that the Miami Marlins have scored three runs or fewer in 32 out of their last 39 games, entering into Tuesday's affair. Just has been far from terrific when you got guys like Peyton Butterick, JJ Blade, Gerard Encarnacion, or hitting below a 225 getting at bats. That is very far from ideal. And for Marcus Stroman, he has been flat out magnificent when he's been on the road this season. For Marcus Stroman, he's got over a five ERA at home, which that boggles the human mind as, as to how this winds up working. But when Marcus Stroman has been on the road, buck 84 ERA, four home runs given up in 68 and a third innings with opponents hitting 50 points lower off of him than when he's in Wrigley Field. I think that he's drawn a lot of the Wrigley Field win games, but he's been able to do a nice job now with the Chicago Cubs. They themselves are lacking quite a bit of power right now for the Miami Marlins. They've got nobody in their starting lineup with more than 10 home runs, but 
The Cubs aren't necessarily too much better, as the only man in their starting lineup yesterday with more than six home runs was Ian App, and Ian App has been able to do a nice job. He's hitting a 275, and then you do have guys like a Christopher Morrell, Alfonso Rivas, hitting between about a 235 to a 245, but this is a team that's gutted right now. Patrick Wisdom has been able to crank out 20-plus home runs. He's been a little bit banged up back in the fold for the team, but not necessarily doing a lot in terms of batting average. Nico Horner has been dealing with some injuries, so not great there. And for the Miami Marlins, you do have some nice bullpen pieces. Steven Okert, sub-3 ERA, Richard Blyer, Dylan Floro, both of these guys are registering about a 340-ish ERA. Uskad Velazobin, I think, has some upside. And then for the Chicago Cubs, it's been very touch-and-go in terms of the bullpen. I like Brandon Deuce. He's able to do a nice job. Manuel Rodriguez, Michael Rucker, they're guys that I have a little bit of question mark with. Though I will say, Rodriguez is posting up a 3 ERA, so credit where credit is due. He's been pitching a little bit better, but when you've got Jeremiah Estrada out there, it's not too terrific either, but this is a Miami Marlins team that plays in a very pitcher-friendly ballpark, and I think that they're going to continue to have a tough time being able to move the line, getting any sort of plus price on the Cubs. I'm willing to fire in there. Made them the minus one of seven favorite and set another super low total in a Miami Marlins game of a 6.3, so even here at the 6F, we'll be looking under 9.57, 9.58 on the bang board. It is the San Francisco Giants. They're on the road facing off against the Colorado Rockies. Audubon Marquez is going to be going for the Rockies, and Logan Webb is on the bump for the Giants. Giants are between minus 130 to minus 140 favorites, between plus 120 and plus 125. The number on Colorado, 10 to 10 and a half is the total on the 10, over is minus 115. Under is minus 105 on the 10 and a half, under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. Over is between minus 105 and plus 105. Was one to lay up to a minus 132 with the Giants. I'm seeing the minus 130 out there, and that's essentially the most I'm willing to lay, but would be willing to lay that minus 130 with the uh, San Francisco Giants because with the Giants, they do a very good job of platooning, which credit where credit is due to their manager and Gabe Kapler has been able to do a nice job with those splits over the last few seasons because this is not necessarily the world's greatest San Francisco Giants hitting team. They've got Jack Peterson, who has supplied over 20 home runs, hitting about a 265, so he's been able to do a nice job on that front, but really past that, you don't have a ton with this team. You've been able to get a little bit of power out of Therio Estrada. He's went to 14 times. He's hitting about a 265, and then Austin Slater has moved the line, but you've got guys like Evan Longoria, Wilmer Flores, J.D. Davis, all in between about a 235 to a 240, and those are some of your more reliable bets. That's not great, but we saw it on display on Monday. This Colorado Rockies bullpen, it is not good either. Alex Colme has went straight down the toilet bowl the second half of the season. You've got Justin Lawrence with his four ERA being one of the best pitchers for this team ever since he has come into the fold. Nelson Lamette has been supplying about a three ERA. I think that he has some upside, but we've also got guys like Jake Bird and Noah Davis. And for the San Francisco Giants, their bullpen has been far from tremendous either, which is why I did set my toilet at 10.8. I'm going to be looking at the over as you've had Jarlin Garcia, John Brebbia, Alex Young provide a 320 ERA or better. Camilo Duvall, he's also supplying a sub-3 ERA, but guys like Tyler Rogers, Scott Alexander, there's not a lot of faith to be had there. And I will say for Logan Webb, he has been better on the road this season than he has been in past years. Last year, he had an ERA that was hovering around 4 on the road. This year, it's more of a 307 road ERA compared to a 297 home ERA now. Going to Curious Field is always a challenge as he's allowed about a home run per nine innings when he's been on the road a tad bit less than that. And for Logan Webb, you take a look at his last five starts at 263 ERA. So while the team has been going straight down the toilet pool, he has not in two starts against Colorado, I believe one at home and one on the road. He's given up five earned runs at 12 and two-thirds innings. So he's been able to do his part. And for Irma Marquez, he's been better at home recently, but 
Not been great. 678 ohm ERA compared to a 350 ERA on the road. He's just such a different pitcher away from Coors. He's giving up two home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is not bad. About 2.5, 2.6 walks per nine innings. But his opponent's batting average goes up over 100 points when he's at home rather than on the road. Now, I think a little bit of it is bad luck, but certainly he has just not been great. And for the Colorado Rockies, they're dealing with an injury to Brandon Rogers. now. He's been one of their top home run hitters when they have been at home as the Rockies. They had about 40 points better when they're at home rather than on the road, and their home run power is significantly better as well. Right around .6 home runs per game on the road, more like 1.1 home runs per game at home. C.J. Crone of his 28 home runs, 21 of them have come at home. Ryan McMahon has relatively solid splits as well. Out of his 17 home runs, 13 have wound up coming at home as well. So, you know, we go down the line with a lot of these guys. But I do think that Logan Webb going to be able to put forth a good start. And I do think that Herman Marquez going to be giving up quite a few runs in this circumstance. And I think that both bullpens are as well. So, I might tell you 10.8 looking over and want to lay up to a minus 132 with the Giants. And 59, 960 on the bang board. It is the St. Louis Cardinals. They are on the road facing off against the Slam Diego Padres as Blake Snell. Goes for the pods, and Miles Michaelis is on the bump for St. Louis. St. Louis between even money and a plus 108 number, anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The number on San Diego, 7.5 is your total. The overs between minus 110 and minus 115. The unders between minus 105 and minus 110. Made by total 7.2, so I'm going to be looking at the under, but I did make the Padres minus 134. I'm going to be willing to lay it. With Blake Snell, he has been significantly better recently than he was at the start of the season. Now, Snell, he still has his walks issues overall for the season, has been giving up in the neighborhood about 3.8 to 3.9 walks per nine innings, and has actually been significantly worse at home than on the road, which is strange to say. 306 road area, 443 home area. Among the 10 home runs that he's surrendered, seven of them have come at home this season, but he has been really good over his last few starts in general, being able to do a nice job giving up one run in seven innings in his past starts. So, and something that you do like to find that was on the road against the Arizona Diamondbacks and has given up one run or fewer in three out of his last four starts. Overall, lone albatross in their game against the LA Dodgers, but that's the LA Dodgers. And for Miles Michaelis, he comes in struggling, giving up three plus runs in four out of his last five starts. And not like it was against the greatest competition. Reds twice, Cubs twice, and against the Pittsburgh Pirates for those five starts. And for Michaelis, it just feels like he's getting figured out because he does a good job of not walking guys. His walks per nine rate is about 1.7. He just doesn't get a lot of swings and misses. About 6.8 strikeouts per nine innings. Gives up only about 1.2 home runs per nine innings, but on the road, 4.56 ERA compared to a 2.38 home ERA. Now, if there is one thing that the Cardinals have over the Padres in this spot, it is the bullpen. Even without Genesis Cabrera, you saw Pecky Donton and Andre Pallanti, two good long guys. Chris Stranson coming over to the Cardinals as right around a 3 ERA. Ryan Helsley has a sub-2 ERA and Giovanni Gallegos has been able to do a nice job recently for the Cardinals as he's got about a 2.50 ERA over the last five weeks. And then for the San Diego Padres, Nibel Christmas is out of the fold. I like what you've been able to get out of Roberts Suarez, a sub-3 ERA. Adrian Marajon, Nick Martinez are able to be long guys. Neither are tremendous, but both of these guys have not struggled as badly as Josh Shader. And to the credit of Hader, over the last two weeks, it's been a little bit better, but he still has north of a 10 ERA since joining the San Diego Padres. But with the Padres, I do think that eventually these bats are going to get online 
as you've got the duo of Josh Bell and Juan Soto with a combined seven home runs since they've come over from D.C. Neither guy hitting above a 230. Brendan Dury has been able to do an okay job with the Padres overall. 27 home runs at a 265 average this season. And for Manny Machado, he's been the constant all year long. 29 home runs, hitting nearly a 300. Jose Azucar has done a nice job moving the line, hitting a 275 as got a lot of guys like Jurex and Profar, Jake Cronenworth, Hassam Kim, Austin Nola, all in between about a 238 to a 248. But you have had just your ups and downs in general with the Padres. They've had a tough time scoring at home, but the good news is they've got Blake Sell going for them. I think that this is a good pitching advantage for the San Diego Padres. I did make them a minus 134 favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay it and made a total of 7.2, so diving under as well. 961, 962 on the bang board. The years and the Diamondbacks, they're on the road. They're facing off against the LA Dodgers as it is Dustin May going for the Dodgers and Mad Bum, Madison Bumgarner, who has truly been a bum, is going to be going for Arizona. Arizona between a plus 250 to a plus 260 underdog. Between minus 290 and minus $3 is your number on the Dodgers with 8.5. The total under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. If you're diving into that Dodgers run line, I'm finding it at a minus 130, and that's exactly where I'm looking because with the Dodgers, going to make them more like a minus 270 on the money line, but I'm willing to lay up to a minus 150 on the run line because I did make my total a 9.7, and this is going to be the DK Nation pick, by the way. I was a little bit unsure of this one. I saw the total of 8.5, and and I'm just like, yep. This is going to be it because with Madison Baumgartner, he has just not been good to say the least all season long. He has given up at least four runs in eight out of his last nine starts. This guy has just seen his entire career go straight down the toilet bowl. And for Madison Bumgarner, a 543 road ERA, when he's faced off against the Dodgers twice this season, he's given up eight runs in the course of 11 innings. The command has been deteriorating a little bit with him as he's given up about three walks per nine innings. His home runs per nine rate is quickly approaching two. It's about 1.7 to 1.8. Over his last four starts, he's given up five home runs and had an 824 ERA in that span. And he's backed up by an Arizona Diamondbacks team that quite honestly, does a solid job of putting back to ball on the road. They get about 0.85 home runs per game when they are at home on the road. This is more like 1.3 as you've got Dalton Varsho and Christian Walker entered into game two of the doubleheader yesterday with a combined 61 home runs, both hitting in between about a 235 to 245 Quetel Marte, also hitting about a 240 along with Alec Thomas. Now, you got guys like Sergio Alcantara, Cooper Hummel, guys like this that have not been able to do a great job, but you've had guys like a Jake McCarthy, Corbin Carroll, hitting above a 290. You've had Stone Garrett do a nice job moving the line as well. And then for the LA Dodgers, you've got all sorts of mashers on this team as Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, a pair of guys hitting above a 300. You've got Mookie Betts, who's been able to supply over 35 home runs at the leadout spot, hitting at 275. Will Smith, 22 home runs, 350 on base. Trace Thompson, hitting above 275. Kevin Lux, hitting at 290. You're able to go down the line. And these are a pair of teams that are going to be very tired in terms of their bullpen, as well as for the LA Dodgers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Neither got good length out of their game one of the doubleheader starter for the Arizona Diamondbacks, certainly in game two. That wasn't too tremendous either, so you got a very tired Arizona Diamondbacks bullpen that over the last 45 days has a north of 6 ERA. Joe Mantiply has provided a sub-3 ERA, but guys like Luis Frias, Taylor Widener, Caleb Smith, Edwin Yuseta, they're all not good, and for the LA Dodgers, you're still dealing with Craig Kimbrell. That's not necessarily too amazing. You got from there Caleb Ferguson, Alex Vesia, Evan Phillips, 
these guys have been able to do a rock-solid job, but even for Dustin May, he has been all over the place since he has come off the injured list. As you take a look at the five starts he has made this season, he won five scoreless against the Giants in his last start. That was very solid, but previous two starts gives up 10 runs in 10 innings against the Padres. He gave up two runs, one of which was earned in two starts against the Miami Marlins, so he has been very touch-and-go. Does a good job of being able to get swings and misses. About nine strikeouts per nine innings, but the walks per nine rate, that is around four as well, and when it's been against better competition, it's not been too tremendous there, so I think that runs are going to be a plenty. DK Nation pick is going to be on the over with these two guys starting, and with the LA Dodgers, want to lay up to a minus 150 on the run line, so looking at the over with the DK Nation pick, and I'm going to be taking the Dodgers run line, 963-964 on the betting board. The Houston Astros hit the road faceoff against the Tampa Bay Rays. Corey Kluber is going to be going for the Rays, and Lance McGillis Jr. is on the bump for the Astros, and the Astros are slight favorites between minus 122 and minus 125, between plus 105 and plus 115. The number on the Rays, 7 is the total, over is minus 115, the under is minus 105. Needed at least plus 113 to fire in on the Rays. So we have been able to get there with Corey Kluber. You know that he's not going to put guys on cheaply. Now, he is going to give up quite a bit of contact along the way, but he does a nice job being able to hold down the fort, make sure that he's able to stay in control of the game. He has a 444 ERA, which is better at home. 392 home ERA, 505 ERA on the road and at home. He's given up nine walks in 80 and a third innings. His walks per nine rate is literally one at home, which he's given up the same amount of walks as he has home runs at home this season with opponents saying about a 260 off of him at the drop. And for Lance McCullers Jr., he does have a 234 ERA thus far this season, but if you look at McCullers, his fielding independent and his ERA do not match up because it's sort of been, for lack of a better term, Rick the Wild Thing Vaughn for the Astros ever since he's come off the injury list. His fielding independent is about a full point higher than his ERA because he's given up 4.9 walks per nine innings, nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings, which you do like to see, and he's given up two runs or fewer in each out of his starts since coming off of the injured list, but you gotta wonder when the walks are gonna catch up with him. Three plus walks surrender in four out of his last five starts, and he's going up against the Tampa Bay Rays team that they don't have a lot of power, but they do a very solid job of moving the line for the Tampa Bay Rays. Harold Ramirez and Jose Aranda have been able to hit about a 300 for the team with Manuel Margot and Yandy Diaz, both hitting between about a 285 to 295. Diaz has provided a 400 on base. Wander Franco, he's been able to hit about a 265 as well. Francisco Mejia is doing a solid job along Christian Bethancourt moving the line in between about a 250 to a 255. Now, Isaac Paredes and Randy Rosarena are the only two guys that have more than 10 home runs for this team, and Paredes has only been able to hit about a 220, but with the Tampa Bay Rays, they also have a very solid bullpen as Jason Adam, Pete Fairbanks, Jalen Beeks, throw in their Brooks Raley, all providing a sub-3 ERA. And for the Houston Astros, they've had a very good bullpen of their own as guys like Brian Abreu, throw in their Ryan Stanek, Rafael Montero, Seth Martinez, they're providing a sub-3 ERA. Will Smith, ever since he's gotten to town, has also been very solid. A little bit unexpected, but since he's joined the Astros, about a 275 ERA of his own. And for the Houston Astros, you've got Jordan Alvarez, who has gone deep, I believe, now six times in his last six games. It has been incredibly impressive. Kyle Tucker's up to 100 RBI for the season. as he and Jose Altuve, both with 25-plus home runs. Altuve, a 380 on base. You've had Alex Bregman provide a 375 on base with 20-plus home runs. Trey Boomer Mancini does a good job of moving the line. Do you think that 
the Astros should be a slight favor with having McCullers out there, but I fear that he's going to get knocked out a little bit too early, and even with the Astros, having the top bullpen ERA in the big leagues, that taxation on the bullpen, not too terrific, and Kluber has shown to be a little bit human this season in terms of being hit around as well, but does a good job of providing lengths up by total of 7.6, so looking at the over, needed at least a plus 115 with the Rays, and I've been able to get there as well. 965-966 on the betting board, it is the Detroit Tigers, they're on the road facing off against the Baltimore Orioles, Jordan Lyles is going to be going for the Orioles, and Matt Manning is on the bump for Detroit. Detroit between a plus 142, a plus 150 underdog, between minus 155 and minus 165 is your price on the Orioles. 8 to 8.5 is the total. On the 8, over is minus 120. The under is even. On the 8.5, the under is minus 120, and the over is even. And with the Detroit Tigers, needed at least a plus 170 to fire in on them if you're eyeing this Baltimore Orioles run line. Seeing that at a plus 125, I needed at least a plus 115. So we have been able to get there on that front as Jordan Lyles has been such a different pitcher when he has been at home rather than on the road. And a big reason why is because fences get pushed back at Camden Yards this season. And a man that is very hittable on the road in Jordan Lyles, who has a 548 road area with 18 home runs and 87 innings, has been significantly better as a result. Five bombs in 74 innings. Give it up at home. Bonus are hanging at 294 off of him, but he's got just a 370 area. He's done a good job of limiting damage. He's also done a nice job giving up about only 2.7 blocks per nine innings. And for Matt Manning, since he has come into the major league level, he's been having an ERA that is more than two and a half points higher on the road than at home. This year, 252 home ERA compared to a 491 ERA on the road. This despite the fact that he's only given up one home run in 18 and a third innings. When he has been on the road, the walks per nine rate is about three. That's not bad, but very much has been pitching into contact. His strikeouts per nine rate, that is right around a seven. And for the Baltimore Orioles, it is a very balanced lineup. You've got Anthony Santander, who's been the main manager as he and Ryan Mountcastle have a combined 49 home runs this season. These two gentlemen throw in their Adelie Rushman, Roman Urias, Austin the Say's kid, Ryan McKenna, throwing in between about a 240 to a 255. And then Cedric Mullins has done a nice job hitting at 265 at the top. And Gunnar Henderson, since he has gotten called up to the big leagues, he's been hitting above a 300. As well, Orde Mateo, he's one of the best base dealers in the American League. And then for the Detroit Tigers, you've got so many guys that are struggling for this team right now. It's Ryan Kreidler, Akil Badu, Cody Clements, Jamir Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Spencer Torkelson, Tucker Barnard, all hitting at 220 or lower now. I will say, Kerry Carpenter, Riley Green, Harold Castro, they're in between about a 255 to 265, but you don't have a single player that entered in on Tuesday with more than 14 home runs, and for the Detroit Tigers since the beginning of the month of August, they rank in the bottom 10 in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. You've still had guys like Jason Foley, Andrew Chafin, Jose Cicerno provide their sub-3 ERA, but Daniel Norris has been terrible. He's got a 6 ERA. Alex Lang has not been too tremendous. Joe Jimenez, a little bit up and down, and Will Vest has not been able to do an amazing job of himself, and a lot of this is just due to the Detroit Tigers not having good starting pitching at all, and that Texas bullpen has taken a lot out of them. Meanwhile, the Orioles, they've been able to maintain in their bullpen as Joey Crebio, Keegan Aiken, Felix Bautista, CNL Perez, Dylan Tate, all providing a sub-3-2 ERA. So I do side with the Baltimore Orioles in this circumstance. I like the way that Jordan Lyles has been able to throw at home. I did set my total at 7.6 with the Tigers being the worst scoring American League offense on the road this season. They've been a little bit better recently, but I do think that the Orioles bullpen going to be able to do a good job towards back half of this game. And I do think that 
you're going to have Matt Manning be able to give a respectable start. So looking at the Orioles on the run line and the under as we go 967-968 on the bang board. And it's the Walker, Texas Rangers. They're going to be playing on the LA Angels as Tucker Davidson is going to be going for the Angels. And Dane Dunning is going to hope to be stunning for the Texas Rangers. And the Rangers are mid-sized favorites. They are between minus 130 to minus 135 favorites. Between plus 115 and plus 120 is your number on the Angels. And 8.5 is the total. The over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105 and I'm going to be siding with the Texas Rangers in this circumstance as I set them more around a minus 164 favorite and I'm going to be eyeing the run line because I just have no faith whatsoever in Tucker Davidson. I'm seeing that at a plus 150 and I do think that that's very solid value because with Dane Dunning, he's got some of the most demonstrative home and road splits since he has joined the Texas Rangers prior to the start of the 2021 season. Last year, his ERA at home was about three points lower than it was on the road. A little bit more tame this year, but still very demonstrative. 359 home ERA to a 562 road ERA. And this despite his home runs per nine rate being relatively equal home to road. As a matter of fact, it might be a little bit worse at home, but opponents hit nearly 80 points lower off of him when he's at home. Meanwhile, Ducker Davidson, this guy has just been a hot mess. He was not good with the Atlanta Braves. He has not been good with the LA Angels. In six starts with the Angels, a 7.24 ERA. He's got 17 strikeouts and 17 walks and 27 and a third innings. Just not going amazingly for our good friend Tucker Davidson. He's not been good at home. He has not been good on the road. Now, with the LA Angels, what you do have is a good top of the lineup. Mike Trout, Trey Otani, entering into Tuesday, a combined 70 home runs, both gentlemen, in between about a 268 to 278. Luis Ranifo and Taylor Ward are in between about a 270 to 275. They've got a combined 33 home runs. But then you get into the guys like Mike Ford, Max Stassi, Joe Adele, throw in there Kurt Suzuki whenever he gets at bats. These guys have been far from amazing. And for the Texas Rangers, you've got four different guys with at least 23 home runs. Marcus Simeon, Nate Lowe, Adelise Garcia, Corey Seager. Seager, Simeon, and Garcia. And in between about a 244 to a 254. And then Nate Lowe, he's been able to hit about above a 300. Bubba Thompson, Laody Tavares, they've been hitting about a 270 to 275 apiece. And then you do have in the bullpen of the Texas Rangers, two guys that you're able to rely upon. In Brock Burke and Matt Moore, they've both been able to supply a sub-3 ERA when you get into Dan and Santana. Has not been the world's greatest circumstance as he has not been good to say the least all season long, but by and large you do have a bullpen that has been okay for this team. Someone like an Jose LeClerc not lighting the world on fire, but still able to do an okay job. And the flip side for the LA Angels, guys like an Andrew Watts have been okay. Jose Quiata has seen a little bit of regression, but he's been fine. The real guys that you have concerned with are the veterans like Aaron Liu, Brian Tapera. They have not been too great, but with Tucker Davidson pitching, you're probably going to need to look to some long guy like Aimee Badia because he has not been able to end a lot of length. He's probably going to get tattooed in this circumstance, which is why I do like the run line of the Texas Rangers. I do think that Dane Dunning going to be able to lend another very solid home start. I do think that there might be a little bit of regression with it, but I do think that he's going to be able to do a solid job once again. But I think that the Rangers hit Tucker Davidson. I think they hit him hard. Semi-tilt at 8.7. So looking over, and I'm going to be taking the big plus money run line of the Texas Rangers. 969-970 on the betting board. It is even as the Twins on the road facing off against the Kansas City Royals. Daniel Lynch is going to be going for the Royals. And Bailey Ober goes for Minnesota. 8.5 is the total. Unders 
between minus 110 to a minus 120. The over is between even and minus 110. And with Minnesota, going to be finding them between minus 137 and minus 145. Between plus 120 and plus 130 is the number on the Royals. And with the Twins, I set them at a minus 137. So the absolute lowest of the low of the number I am willing to lay. And if you're checking out the run line of the Minnesota Twins, you're finding that at a plus 115. And Quite honestly, if we would get more like a minus 125 to a minus 130 getting a run and F with the Royals, that's something I would entertain. I'm going to look to see if we can get a little bit of movement on this line in general. But as of right now, where I'd be looking is at minus 137 with the Twins because that is the absolute max of the max that I'm willing to lay with them. But I am willing to lay it because... I do like what I saw from Bailey Ober in his first start out in a very long time. He was able to go five scoreless settings, and it's a Minnesota Twins team that has been able to do a good job of moving the line even without having their star hitters and Ore Polanco and Byron Bucks in the fold as you've got Nick Gordon, Carlos Correa, a pair of guys in between about 275 to 285, and with Correa, 20 plus home runs from the season. Jose Miranda, Giorgio, they're both hitting in that pocket about a 270 to 275. Matt Walner has actually been able to land some good at bats. And Luis Arias, one of the better table setters you're going to find in the MLB. Not a power guy, but having a 380 on base, 370 batting average. That's rock solid for the Kansas City Royals. We've seen some of the younger guys step up as Vinny Pascantino, Mike Massey, Michael A. Taylor, all in between a 262-270 entering into yesterday's game, and Bobby Wood Jr. and Salvador Perez have both been ending about a 248-250, both gentlemen with 20-22 to home runs. Now, other than MJ Melendez, you don't have a lot of power in the lineup, and that's a big issue for the Royals. And what else is an issue? This dead last bullpen in terms of ERA. Dylan Coleman, Scott Brello have not been too bad as they've posted up sub-3 ERAs. And Jose Kuas gives you an, a couple okay innings as well, but Colin Snyder, Luke Weaver, Anthony Machevich, Carlos Hernandez, all these guys with north of a 5 ERA. Amir Garrett is in that neighborhood as well. That has not been too terrific. And for the Twins, you've got quite a few guys towards back after this bullpen. They're good in Giovanni Morin, Ore Lopez, Thrown there as well, Johan Duran. They've all been able to supply a sub 250 ERA. They've had in and out of the fold. He's not going to be with the team for this one. And Emilio Pagan, not a guy that you want to be trusting in, but you've been able to get some good innings as well out of even someone like a Caleb Theobar recently. Overall for the season, has about a 350 ERA, but take a look at him. Over the last, we're going to call it five weeks, he's given up just one run in that time span, so that is going to be able to help out the Minnesota Twins. With a guy in Bailey Ober, has been pretty rock solid, probably only going to go about five innings in this circumstance, but has always been able to do a good job of not giving up a lot of walks. The fear with him has always been the deep ball, and then take a look at the flip side, what the Royals have out there in Daniel Lynch, and this is not a guy that you want to be trusting him whatsoever, as he's got an ERA that is a little bit north of five, and for Daniel Lynch, he has not pitched well at home. 6'11 home ERA. 436 road ERA, giving up nearly 1.8 home runs per nine innings when he's spent at home. Opponents are at 300 off of him. Get some swings and misses with about 8.6, 8.7 strikeouts per nine innings, but also about three and a half walks per nine innings. So, with the Minnesota Twins, don't want to lay more than minus 137, but I'm willing to lay the minus 137, and I do think that you're going to get a higher scoring game, especially with Bailey Ober, perhaps being on a little bit of a pitch count. So, somebody tell a 9.1 looking over, and I'm going to be looking at the Twins. 971, 970 on the bang board. The Cleveland Guardians are on the road facing off against the Chicago White Sox. Lance Lynn goes for the Sox and Judas McKenzie is on the bump for Cleveland. 7.5 is the total. The under is between minus 110 to a minus 115. Over is between minus 105 to a minus 110 and with the White Sox they're between minus 
minus 125 to minus 130 favorites. Between plus 110 and plus 115 is the number on Cleveland. And with the Guardians, I needed at least a plus 105 to fire it on them. We have been able to get that plus 110 number, so I'm going to be taking a look at the Guardians. Now, the fear that you have with Tristan McKenzie is he has allowed the deep ball on the road overall for the season. He deserves much better than a 10-11 and 11 record, by the way. 308 ERA and just a 318 ERA on the road, but big reason why he's 5-8 and eight in terms of the record on the road has been the home run ball. He has given up about 1.55 home runs per nine innings when he's been on the road. Opponents are just a 204 off of him. He's done a nice job getting swings and misses all season long, about 8.6 strikeouts per nine innings. The walks per nine rate, that's about 2.2, but you take a look on the flip side for Lance Lynn, and it's been a career renaissance for him recently. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise, says Tony Larusa. Stopping with the team, he has pitched absolutely magnificently as for our good friend Lance Lynn. He has given up a combined five earned runs in his last six total starts. There have been a couple unearned runs that have been thrown in there, but two runs are fear surrendered in all but one of his starts since the beginning of the month of August, and that's nine starts, people. So Lance Lynn has been able to do a magnificent job of being able to hold down the fort, and he's given up as many walks as home runs this season. His walks per nine rate is a 1.4. His strikeout numbers still very superb, and he's backed up by Rinaldo Lopez and Jimmy Lambert in the bullpen. Both of these guys have been able to do a good job posting up a sub-3 ERA for the Chicago White Sox. Lineup doesn't necessarily have a lot of power, but it has a lot of balance as you've got Elvis Andrews, Jose Abreu, along with Eli Jimenez, Andrew Vaughn, all between 14 and 17 home runs, and this is Andrews' numbers only with the White Sox, so this excludes with the Oakland A's, but all these guys in a White Sox uniform, hitting at least a 288. You've had Luis Robert move the line. He and AJ Pollock, 12 home runs apiece. Robert has been able to about a 290, as well Josh Harrison towards bottom of the fold as we able to get on base as well for the Cleveland Guardians. They rank at the bottom three in the big leagues in terms of total home runs, but great balance in terms of getting on base. Steven Kwan, Amit Rosario, Oscar Gonzalez, Andres Jimenez, Jose Ramirez all entered into Tuesday and at least at 279 with Ramirez 28 home runs out of him. Josh Naylor has been able to go deep 18 times. He's hitting about a 255. Not a lot of power outside that, but the Guardians do a good job of moving the line. But the reason why I'm willing to take the Guardians in this circumstance is that post-all-star break, they've got the best ERA in the big leagues as Aniel de Los Santos, Trevor Steven, Nick Sandlin all supply a sub-3 ERA. And then you've got Emmanuel Classe and James Karinczak. This one-two punch has been magnificent. Both of these guys have an ERA of a 172 or lower. You can make the case that Class A has been the best closer in the big league. So I think that the Cleveland Guardians are going to do a masterful job with pitching. I do think that Lance Lynn is going to see a little bit of a tick up in terms of the runs that he gives up. I think that's going to be death by a million cuts. I do think that McKenzie probably going to give up a deep ball as well. So I did set my total at 7.7. I'm going to look at the over on 7.5, but going to be looking at the Cleveland Guardians game between about a plus 110 to a plus 115. 973, 974 on the betting board. The Seattle Mariners, they're on the road. They're facing off against the Oakland A's. James Caprillion is going to be going for the A's, and Robbie Ray goes for Seattle. Seattle between minus $2 and minus $2.10 as a favorite and anywhere between plus $180 and plus $188 is the number on Oakland. Seven days the total, the over is minus $120 and the under is even. And when it comes to Oakland, needed at least plus $178 to fire in on them and we have gotten there. Robbie Ray is someone that you need to handicap so different when he is at home rather than on the road because for Robbie Ray, he's done a very good job in Seattle all season long. For Ray in Seattle, 273 ERA, 
giving up about 1.1 home runs per nine innings on the road, about 1.8 to 1.9 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate on the road is nearly four at home. It's about 2.1, and opponents are hitting 73 points higher off of him when he's on the road. Now, good news is he's going to be pitching in Oakland, and Oakland, as we know, is a very pitcher-friendly ballpark. He's got against the A's three times, and he has allowed just five runs in a little bit north of 18 and a third inning, so done a nice job whenever he has gone up against this Oakland A's team, but certainly is supplying the deep ball right now, and for James Caprillion, command has been an issue for him as he is allowing, in terms of walks per nine, about 4.6, which that's far from terrific. He has given up at least four walks in three out of his last four starts, but he's given up two runs or fewer in four out of his last five starts as well. So you got the negative and you got the positive when it comes to cap. And he's got a 587 home area compared to a 391 road area, which makes no sense because Oakland is about as pitcher friendly as it gets. And in four starts against Seattle, Caprillion is up and back, giving up 10 home runs in 21 and a third innings, allowing just two home runs along the way. And the Seattle Mariners, they've got the worst batting average in the American League since the All-Star break. Has got a lot of guys that don't do a great job of moving the line, like a Abraham Toro, Dylan Moore, Carlos Santana, Kirk Caselli, even Cal Raleigh has been able to supply some home runs to all these guys in a 220 or lower for who I mentioned before in Raleigh, throwing their tie France and Julio Rodriguez. They've all been able to supply between 20 and 23 home runs, and, and Eugenio Suarez has been able to do a good job of going deep as well, but Suarez, he is out on the 10-day injured list. He is their leader in home runs at 31. That is very big. Mitch Haniger, he's back at full. He has not been quite the same guy that he was last season, though, and for the Oakland A's, don't have a lot of firepower in this lineup, but Seth Brown, Sean Murphy, both are able to give you 18-plus home runs with Murphy. He's been able to about a 255, and Dermis Garcia saying a 255 as well. You may need a little bit more towards the bottom of the fold as Shea Langolaris, Nick Allen, guys like this have been hitting below a 220, which has just been really killing this Oakland A's team. And the Oakland A's have also been hurt by Danny Amanis being on the injured list along Zach Jackson. These have been two of their better bullpen pieces. And Sam Ball and A.J. Puck have just been used so much. It's not even funny. They've got north of four ERAs in the second half of the season after being so dynamic in the first half of the season because of it. And for the Seattle Mariners, they have maintained their really good bullpen as Andres Munoz, Eric Swanson, Paul Sewell, Penn Murphy all posting up a sub-3 ERA. And Matt Brashton's going to the bullpen has been masterful. Diego Castillo, though, it's been a little bit of an adventure. And for Robbie Ray, I just fear that he's going to give up some deep balls early, and that'll keep the Oakland A's in this game. And the Seattle Mariners, with their lack of hitting in general in terms of being able to move the line, is going to come back to cost them. I'm willing to take the plus price with the Oakland A's. I did set my total at 7.6 with the way that Robbie Ray has been allowing the deep ball. So looking at the Oakland A's, I'm going to be taking a look at the over. 975-976 on the bidding board. It is the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are in Cincinnati. And they're going to be playing us to the Boston Red Sox. Connor Siebold is going to be going for the Sox, and Chase Anderson is on the bump for the Reds. 9.5 is the total. Currently only seeing a number at DraftKings over his minus 115. The under is minus 105 with the Red Sox getting them as a minus 170 favorite, and plus 145 is the number on the Reds. And this is most likely going to be a play for me on the Reds when it's all said and done once the juice settles a bit because I need at least a plus 152 to fire in on the Reds. And right now, that Red Sox run line, that is at a minus 110. I need a plus number. And as a matter of fact, if we could even get more like a minus 105-ish on the Cincinnati Reds run line, getting a run and half, that's something I would entertain as well because I just don't have a lot of faith in Connor Siebold. He has made four career starts with an 11.91 ERA. Now, if you look at him at the minor league level, was never much of a swing and miss guy. About 9.3 strikeouts per nine innings. 
at AAA. You'd expect that to be a little bit higher, but two walks per nine innings. Command is there, and for Chase Anderson, we have seen what he is at the big league level, and you know what? Last two starts, not too bad. Giving up a combined three runs in nine innings against the St. Louis Cardinals and the Milwaukee Brewers in these starts. Probably not going to lend a lot of length, but I do think that he took advantage of knowing the Brewers' tendencies in one of those starts as well. And when it comes to the Reds, what I do think is interesting is the bullpen has been significantly better here in the second half of the season because they were the dead last bullpen in the big leagues for such a long time in terms of ERA. Post All-Star break, they're a top nine team in terms of bullpen ERA. You've had a lot of guys pick it up, pick it up. Alexis Diaz. He's been able to post up a sub-2 ERA all season long, but someone like Fernando Cruz, he's been able to supply a sub-2 ERA. You've had Ian Gabo post-All-Star break be able to give a couple of decent innings. They pick up Derek Law since he's joined the team. He's got a sub-1 ERA. Dory Moretta, when he's seen innings, and it's not been a ton of them, but he's been able to do an okay job as well. So you do have some Cincinnati Reds bullpen pieces that have been able to do a good job. And for the Boston Red Sox, they are dead last in terms of post-All-Star break ERA as you've got Ryan Brazier, Matt Barnes, Edward Bizzardo, Caleb Ward, all posting up north of a 5 ERA. I like Garrett Woodlock. He's able to give multiple innings from time to time, and John Schreiber has been supplying about a 2 ERA all season long, but Frank German entered into the series literally within an ERA of an affinity, so that's not great. And for the Cincinnati Reds, very much a top-heavy lineup as DJ Friedel, Jonathan India, Kyle Farmer, Jake Fraley, all these guys in between about a 252, a 262, and Donovan Solano hitting a 290. Don't necessarily have a lot of power in the lineup, but these guys move the line when you get into guys like Chucky Robinson, Austin Romine, Jose Barreto, Stuart Fairchild. They're hitting a 230 or lower, so that's not been too terrific. And for the Boston Red Sox, got a lot of guys putting back to ball. Rafi Devers, Alex Verdugo, Christian Arroyo hitting between a 280 to 290 is solid. But Devers, really the lone home run hitter because Trevor Story is injured once again. Devers has been able to supply 25-plus home runs. Tommy Pham has went deep 16 times as well. And since joining Boston, he's been hitting about a 260. So you do like to see that. Rob Revsander is back in the fold as well. But guys like Yu Chang and Kike Hernandez at the bottom of the fold, they've been having a tough time of it as well. So I do think that the Red Sox should be a bit more of a favorite because I do think that their lineup overall is a little bit better. I think that Seabolt is a better pitcher than Chase Anderson, but I don't think that it should be as big of a disparity as we're seeing right now. Going to be probably looking at the Reds in some form or capacity, hoping to get them more around about a plus 150 or so, and semi-total at a 9.8 as well. So on the 9.5 that we're seeing right now, looking at the over and planning to take the Reds as long as the numbers that we see overnight reflect what we got on the DraftKings opener. 977-978 on the banging board. It is the Toronto Blue Chase on the road facing off against the Philadelphia Phillies. Zach Whelan and Dylan Wheeler is going for the Phillies and Kevin Gosman is on the bump for Toronto and Toronto. Between even money and minus 105 is their number and between minus 110 to a minus 115 is the number on the Philadelphia Phillies. Eight is the total. The under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. I just do not expect Zach Wheeler to give his full allotment of innings like he normally does coming off the injured list and I was mentioning it with Andrew Cayley how good Kevin Gosman has been on the road. I set the Blue Jays as a result as a minus 123 favorite so I'm going to be willing to fire in because for Kevin Gosman. He has been rough in his last few starts, giving up five runs in both of them, but for Kevin Gosman, on the road, 245 ERA, a 467 home ERA. On the road, has given up just five home runs at 88 innings, and opponents are about 60 points lower off of him when he's on the road rather than at home. Swing and miss stuff has 
been there for Kevin Gosman, and he is supplying about 10.5 strikeouts per nine innings. And for Zach Wheeler, he's been good all season long. 11-7 record, 3 ERA, strikeouts per nine rate. Still very solid this year, getting about 9.5 Closer to 9.7 strikeouts per nine innings, and has been especially good at home with a buck 95 home area compared to a road area that is about a 435. But this is going to be Zach Wheeler's start since the 20th of August, which means that it has been a full month since he has taken the mound. And prior to going on the injured list, he had given up a combined 10 runs and 11 and a third innings. So that was not too terrific. I just question what sort of form we're going to get with him because. Philadelphia Phillies really had to dive in and give Kyle Gibson as much as humanly possible yesterday, even though he was really struggling because this is a bullpen that it's been a little bit suspect themselves. Sir Anthony Dominguez is coming out. The injured list does not look like himself. Brad Hand has been able to do a solid job along with David Robertson. Both of these guys have been able to give the team a sub-245 ERA. Connor Brogdon has been okay as well with right around 3 ERA and Jose Alvarado. Second half of the year hasn't been so bad, but for the Blue Jays, they also back up Kevin Gosman with the significantly better bullpen as well as since they've gotten Anthony Bass, they've been able to pick things up as he's been a good addition, but on top of that, David Phillips. Yimi Garcia, Tim Meza, all supplying a sub-3 ERA. Jordan Romano has been one of the better closers in the big leagues with about a 235 ERA of his own. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, you've got Matt Chapman, Teoscar Hernandez, George Springer, Flyger, Jr. Bobachet, all supplying at least 20 home runs. The only guy that is sitting below a 255 out of this core is Matt Chapman, who still has about a 325 on base and went deep yesterday. So he's been able to do his part. You've got Danny Jansen now hitting at 260. Alejandro Kirk is hitting at 295. A tremendous offense, to say the least. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, since coming off the injury list, Bryce Harper has not looked like himself. Harper, in this span, has been hitting about a 222 with two home runs, so that has not been great for the team. You do have Alec Bohm, Gene Segura, both hitting between about a 282 and 290. Though Reese Hoskins, 25-plus home runs, about a 335 on base. And Brayson Sott, second half of the season, has been hitting nearly a 300. Kyle Schwarber doesn't move the line, but he's been able to supply 39 home runs of his own at the leadoff spot. But... I think that Gosman going to be able to come in, lend a good start, and I think that he lends more length than Zach Wheeler, which I think is going to be critical. I did set my total at a 7.7, so I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this ordeal because I do think that for the Phillies, they're going to utilize more of their trustworthy bullpen pieces. I do think that Gosman is really going to do a good job of locking down against this Phillies team. So looking at the under and looking at the Jays, and we have things up with 979-980 on the betting board. The New York Yankees are going to be playing us to the Pittsburgh Pirates. So don't see Contreras is going to be going for the Buccos, and Luis Severino is on the bump for the Yankees. And the Yankees are between minus 285 to minus $3 favorites. Between plus 250 and plus 260 is the number on Pittsburgh. It is the total. The over is minus 115, and the under is minus 105. And with the Yankees, I set them on the money line at a minus 208. I think that this is a very much overinflated line because this is going to be Luis Severino's first start since the All-Star break, and Ronzi Contreras has been very good for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I am very much willing to take this plus price with Ronzi Contreras. He's given up a combined three earned runs in his last four starts, and these starts came against the Reds on the road, which that's a very pitcher unfriendly ballpark in Cincinnati. That is not where you want to pitch. The St. Louis Cardinals, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Philadelphia Phillies with the team going 3-1 and one 
in those starts. He has given up just six walks in that time span. With Contreras, the strikeout numbers are starting to pick up. He gets about eight strikeouts per nine innings. But with Luis Rivarino, what the heck are you going to be able to get out of him? I mean, he's been out with a lad injury since the middle of July. And even before the lad injury, it's not like he was absolutely amazing with a 345 ERA. It's not like he's terrible by any stretch of the imagination. But he's given up about 1.4 home runs per nine innings. The strikeout stuff was there. But got to wonder what form of Luis Severino you're going to get him for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're still putting forth a relatively solid effort as if you got guys in the lineup that are moving the line as Cabrian A's, Rodolfo Castro, Michael Chavis, right between about a 235 to 245, and then Brian Reynolds has been the main headliner, hitting a 255 north of 20 home runs out of him. You've had Michael Chavis be able to fly a double digit amount of bombs, and Oniel Cruz not doing a great job in terms of average, hitting about a 220, but you take a look at the terror that he's been on. He's got pretty much seven home runs over the last three weeks, so he's done a great job, a very much strikeout or boom guy, but that has been able to help out the Pittsburgh Pirates quite a bit. And the New York Yankees, they just continue to be banged up. Aaron Judge, he's chasing the triple crown right now. He's been absolutely amazing. 59 as I record this home run, sitting at 315, but everyone else not named Aaron Judge, hitting a 265 or lower for this bunch. As Azir Kanerfalefa, the newly inserted Harrison Bader, he finally played yesterday, and Jose Trevino hitting about a 250 to a 265 in that lineup, and then John Carlos San, along with Josh Donaldson and Aaron Hicks, throwing there as well to Cabrera as well. Need to pick it up with the average 225 or lower. Anthony Rizzo is back in full, though. He and John Carlos San, both 25-plus home runs apiece. Gleyber Torres has went deep 20 times this season. What I will say for the Yankees is they still maintain a top three bullpen ERA in the league as Ron Medanacchio in a Yankees uniform only. Lou Trevino, Juani Peralta, these guys have been able to supply a sub-3 ERA for Clay Holmes. It has been a hot mess for him, really, the second half of the season. He's been a little bit more trustworthy recently, but not a guy that I would want to rely upon him. For Jonathan Lysak, after a terrible start to the season, he's actually been able to pick it up. He's got a sub-2 ERA over the last 45 days, and for the Pittsburgh Pirates, it is a bad bullpen, but J.C. Young, he's able to lend multiple innings. He's been able to give you a sub-3 ERA this season when you get into guys like Robert Stevenson, Yohan Ramirez, it's not great. Miguel Yajur has a 7 ERA, but Will Crow and Manny Benuelos are a pair of longer guys. They're able to give you about a 4-ish ERA, so I do think that the Pittsburgh Pirates, they've got some value in this circumstance because I just don't think that Luis Severino is going to be able to give you too much, and then you have to probably go to someone like a Clark Schmidt as a long guy. I was willing to take the Pirates as long as I was getting at least $2, and we are certainly there, and it's up until at 8.2, so looking over and looking at the Pirates, and that will wrap things up for the Wednesday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. A big thanks to our good friend Andrew Kaylee of Covers for joining me in the last segment. If you do like appearing from this fine podcast, baseball betting show, you're able to subscribe wherever you podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you've got one or two ways to go for those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline and the other way that is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. I'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'll be coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 
21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.